The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in, folks, here on our Saturday college football kickoff show, your tailgate show, if you will. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum here on Big Blue View's audio lineup. Today, we are going to continue what we've done so far throughout the season, which is highlighting an NFL draft prospect currently playing college football that should be on the Giants' radar and in contention to be selected by the New York Giants within the first two rounds. Guys that you need to be aware of so that when draft time comes around, you know exactly who who everyone else is talking about. We'll also get to the big games that are happening this weekend and highlight what you should watch as well as bringing up some other prospect names that you should take into account. A lot of these names we're going to keep recycling because a lot of the best players are on the best teams, but stay tuned for that coming up. Today we're talking about Kayvon Thibodeau, the Oregon pass rusher who has been very dominant in his time in Eugene and right now is being considered to be a top five potential first overall pick type pass rusher. We haven't necessarily had a guy like that in the past few years, but we're back again with a, a, with Kayvon Thibodeau, who is on the radar, a Chase Young, a uh, Nick Boza, Miles um, Garrett type trajectory, it seems like for him. But at six foot five, 260 pounds, Kayvon Thibodeau has length for days. This is a big, monstrous pass rusher who hasn't been necessarily super productive because teams try to scheme around this kid, but he was justifiably a highly recruited athlete because of what he has as a physical player and the traits that he brings to the table that can be developed. Yeah, he is. It's interesting watching Thibodeau's tape because I I started with his 2019 tape, his freshman tape. And at the time, I was thinking in my head, okay, another Deion Jordan, former uh, Oregon Duck pass rusher, long, twitchy, super athletic guy. But as you've watched over the years, he's grown into his body, he's filled out, and he is still young. He's only 20 years old right now, but yeah, six foot five, 255, 260. I think he's got room to get a little bit bigger and keep that explosive athleticism he has. And 
you know, he just looks like he's playing the game at a different speed from everyone else. And he's, when you put him in position to where he can gain ground on his second and third steps, he's got track speed, but he also has the agility to cross up, uh, cross up offensive tackles. Like he's a former basketball player. And, you know, that is, a really dangerous combination for a guy with his physical tools. And when you watch him, the, the things that stand out to me is that he's still developing into his body and he's also still developing a pass rush move set. Like we typically see with these young pass rushers, there's very rarely refined pass rushers in college, especially these top end guys, just because they're so used to being able to win with that athleticism that we're talking about. So when you watch Thibodeau, he doesn't necessarily have like a go-to move and he doesn't necessarily have moves that are really there to be at an NFL level. But you see a guy that's just so freaking athletic that he can beat guys relatively easily to make plays on rushing plays to get sacks, to get quarterback pressures, and justifiably opposing teams will scheme protection to keep him from getting after their quarterback because the rest of the unit isn't that great. So if you slow down Thibodeau, it's going to ease things up for uh, you know for your offensive line and for your quarterback. But a guy like that who's able to win at such a consistent level, taking on multiple blocks, um, despite not really having the technique, is what defensive coordinators and defensive line coaches want. They want to grab a guy like that. A guy like that is going to be a high-impact player within a couple of seasons if you can tap into that athleticism. And this isn't a guy that's just straight-up upside. We see that he's successful. He just needs some work and refinement. Yeah, absolutely. I would say Thibodeau is a uh, an instinctive pass rusher right now. You. Watching the tape, especially the All-22, you can see him bust out some pass rush moves. You can see him use a bull rush, transition to a long arm, use uh, a rip move, things like that. But he doesn't seem to have a a plan, at at least at this point in his development. However, he always seems to have a good sense of how to beat the blocker in front of him. And for me, the most impressive thing he does is that even when he isn't getting to the quarterback, when he isn't getting production, sacks, tackles for a loss, quarterback hits, knockdowns, those sorts of things, he's still influencing plays. He's still disrupting plays. I saw opposing quarterbacks throw multiple interceptions where Thibodeau was basically the guy in the throwing lane. He was either getting past the offensive tackle and into the quarterback's face or walking the offensive tackle right back into the throwing lane and either forcing a quick pass or forcing an errant pass that Oregon picked off. The one thing I, the conversation I want to bring up here is that the, the giants are going to be in a really unique spot because we're at week five. The giants are one in three right now. There's room for improvement for them to finish the season with a, with a 500 record. If they can string together a couple wins and maybe surprise, surprise some teams. I really don't think that this giants team because of how well coached it is, in certain aspects and also some of the talent at, at key spots. I really don't think this is going to be 
them specifically a top five drafting team. They're going to be picking somewhere outside of the top five. I think it's highly uh, highly unlikely. But where they will have a top five pick, I think that is the most likely, is that Chicago Bears pick. That team right now is in a free fall to the point where it's, you know, the they're just not playing up to the level of any expectation. They're they're lacking talent on the offensive line, and it's going to be Justin Fields the remainder of the year. They are going to be struggling as Justin Fields is developing and not being protected very well. So with that being said, if that Bears pick ends up within the top five picks, the Giants then have to make a decision. I know that people keep saying that this might be the year where they decide to move on from Daniel Jones and go draft the quarterback. But if I'm looking at this class, I am not that keyed in on this quarterback group outside of maybe the top two guys. And for me, the guys that have the most talent are Carson Strong from Nevada and Malik Willis from Liberty. Matt Corral has turned himself into a huge riser. Sam Howell has talent, but has not necessarily lived up to it, not really making him a first overall pick or a top two overall pick type guy. Same thing goes for Spencer Rattler. He's struggling this year. Doesn't look like the way that we expected him to. With all that being said, if the Giants aren't picking within the top two picks, which seems like it's going to be Houston and Jacksonville, and those quarterback spots are pretty much already gone, Jacksonville might trade out and let somebody else come in to get the other guy who's still available. I would much rather have a Kayvon Thibodeau who has a Miles Garrett type trajectory to completely transform a currently non-existent pass rush. Thibodeau, I, I think that if you plug him in and give him his, his first year to develop, even in his first year, I think he could create some disruptive pressures similar to what Miles Garrett did in his first season. I'm not directly comparing them. That is not a comp, but I think that you could get that level of an impact with Kayvon Thibodeau, which is why I'm a big supporter of drafting defense with that pick because there are a lot of high talented defensive players within the top 10. Yeah, I would say three of my top five. Well, yeah, three of my top five players right now are defensive players. Uh, Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU, Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously, and, you know, your guy uh, Hamilton out of uh, Notre Dame. So, I think there's a good chance that if the Bears wind up drafting that highly, the Giants could land a really good, a transformative defensive player. And yeah, we we expected much more from the Giants' defense than we saw through the first four games. And getting a player like Thibodeau, that could solve a problem that has existed for the Giants really since... 2017 in that they just do not get enough pass rush there don't get enough disruption in the in the offensive backfield and really if you want to get a pass rusher you have to get one in the first round that's just there's just an athletic premium on the position and the guys who can be really disruptive are almost always gone by the end of the first round and usually by halfway through the first round yeah, we're we're at a point here where they they are going to need to really inject something into this group because ultimately it has struggled and the only two solutions is investing a high draft pick or signing a very high priority free agent. I was trying to pull up who might be potentially available, but separate from that, I don't know if the solution is spending a, a crap ton of money 
and then hamstringing an already hamstrung cap situation. I just don't know if that may, I don't think that that makes the most sense. I, I would much rather argue drafting a guy highly and letting him step in with the current group. Aziz Ojolari has been fantastic. He has been great. He is going to be a strong pass rusher on this team, and he's going to be a strong just defender in this group. But he is not a transcending pass rusher that's going to have 15 sacks like a Miles Garrett or close to like even coming any range of going over 15. So you need to pair him with somebody who is elite and talented if you have the ability to, if you're drafting in the top five. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, assuming Patrick Graham is the Giants defensive coordinator next year, uh, you know, I I think with the way the Giants have played on defense, yeah, maybe his name is cooling off a little bit, although I could still see some teams that like uh, defensive-minded head coaches to, at the very least, bring him in for a bring him in for an interview. And you know, once that happens, who knows what? Yeah, you know, that kind of all bets are off then. But Thibodeau would fit Graham's defense really well. He's a very versatile player. Yeah, he lines up on the left and right side. He lines up as a hand in the dirt defensive end. He'll rush from a two point stance as a yeah you know, true edge you know rush linebacker like in a three four. And he can also line up and play as an off ball Sam. You know, as a strong side linebacker, he can actually drop into coverage. Uh, that's not a thing you want him doing all the time. Yeah, I don't like like him as an off-ball linebacker the same way as, say, a Micah Parsons. But if you want to disguise your blitzes, if you want to give offenses eight-man box looks, that is a thing he can do. You know, we were talking before we started recording about how this quarterback class kind of reminds us of the uh, 2011 class. And that year, Von Miller went second overall. And I'm not saying Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be Von Miller, but I would say there is definitely some similarity in their games. And to have the potential to draft somebody like that, I, I think that the Giants need to do whatever they can to get their hands on them. And I'm, it's something that we can't necessarily project now, but at the end of the season, it is going to be a massive talking point throughout the entirety of the pre-draft process and free agency. All we're going to be talking about is what do they do with that pick? And if they are somewhere at four or five with that Bears pick, it needs to be in, invested to maybe even moving up to go and get Kayvon Thibodeau if the priority is going to be quarterbacks for some of these other teams. Coming up, we are going to talk about the games to watch. Before we get to that, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. 
And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So, Chris, uh, we've got a good slot of games. First up, the Red River Rivalry. Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) Uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time is that game. Arkansas Old Miss, 12 p.m. on ESPN. Georgia-Auburn, 3.30 on CBS. And then Iowa-Penn State, which is 4 p.m. on Fox. I know I'm going to be tuned into this Oklahoma-Texas game, even though it's 9 a.m. my time. Uh, I will be waking up for it because I want to watch it. It's always a very hard-fought battle. But mostly, I'm intrigued by seeing how Arkansas and Old Miss bounce back from brutal losses that they faced against Alabama and Georgia. That is going to be super, super crucial for them to bounce back. And then the last one here, uh, Iowa-Penn State is is uh, is probably the best battle that we're going to get in the Big Ten. And it's it's going to be a precursor for whoever can make the playoff out of the Big Ten. I really do believe whoever wins this football game will be the team competing for that that playoff spot. Because if you can run the table for the rest of the year in the Big Ten with a, a win over a top five team, that's just going to look so good on your resume. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that... Arkansas Ole Miss game is going to be interesting for exactly the reasons you said that both of those teams kind of got mauled last week and it will be interesting to see how each one is able to bounce back if Matt Coral can come back for Ole Miss and put up a strong performance against Arkansas that could be really helpful for the Giants if he's able to raise his stock as a quarterback maybe start a Joe Burrow like ascent up the up the which draft boards, which he's been doing so far. He's been on that yeah. trajectory. If if they had beaten Alabama, which was probably not going to happen, <laughs> easier said than done. <laughs> right, easier said than done. But if if he did, I think we would be easily be talking about Matt Corral in the in the top five conversation. But he still has got a he's got a little more work to do. Um, but he has certainly made a name for himself in this class. Oh, absolutely. And I I would also say that the that Penn state Iowa game, that's pretty much a must watch. Like I wish that was a primetime game. Same. I'm, I'm obsessed with Tyler Lindenbaum. I was watching a clip that was in my Instagram feed and he pulled as a center and he sprinted up. The guy ran past his, his running back. He was moving so fast and the play was practically over. And the guy was still chasing down blocks. He was knocking people over, barreling people over, Centers aren't supposed to be able to one pull from the center position and two move <laughs> at the speed that he does. He is a stupid athlete for a center, and you just typically don't see that stuff, which is why I'm obsessed with Lindenbaum. Yeah, uh, so I I think what if people want a, a takeaway from this podcast, what we're saying is draft Kayvon Thibodeau and then draft <laughs> Tyler Lindenbaum. If the Giants pick at four and they're picking at like fifteen. I pick both of those guys and that, you know what that does? That resolves the two major issues and you can actually feel good about yourself going into next yeah. season if, if things don't finish well that well this year. Yeah, absolutely. That solves a lot of problems. And those are <laughs> investments in places the Giants haven't made investments in about half a decade. Well, folks, that's going to be it for us on today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to you later. <laughs>